Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. We could magnify our issues, we could magnify our problems, but when you begin to magnify the Lord, the whole world looks different. When you begin to magnify his goodness, the scale, the weight of your problems begins to lighten. God is good. Amen. Great are you, Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God is good. Can we give God a hand praise this morning? God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Thank you, praise team. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord for ushering us into God's presence so masterfully. This morning, we are talking about counting your blessings. Counting your blessings. We're coming from Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5, and I'll begin to read. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Great are you, Lord. Count your blessings. Let's pray. Father God, most gracious and everlasting Father, you are good. You are sovereign. You are all-powerful. You hear our prayers. You collect our tears. You don't remember our faults, but you see our needs and you love on us in our time where we need you most. We are grateful and we give your name glory this morning and we choose this morning to count our blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. So, Counting our blessings does not require that we ignore our pain or that we pretend that it does not exist, but rather that we face our pain, deal with it, cry about it, moan about it, seek support for it. And as we are picking up the broken pieces and lifting our heads with tears filled in our eyes, we can still remember that our God is faithful. Our God is loving. Our God is almighty. He's ever present and he fights for us. Even in the times where we can't track his presence, we know that he is always there and always moving on our behalf. But it's become easier these days to suffer in silence. These days we wear the posture of pretending that everything is okay and, and we're all covered up so it's, it's easier. We're wearing masks and we 
are all kind of hidden behind what covers our faces and sometimes what covers our pain. And it's easy to do that, to cover up both literally and figuratively. We're all behind a cover. I mean, you could be having the worst day ever and walk out into the world for the world to see, but nobody would ever know it. The world around you cannot see the pain that is on your face because it's hidden behind the mask. So you can give the fakest of smiles to someone. You can smize with your best smiles and give the fakest of smiles underneath and nobody would ever know that you were in severe pain about to cry, about to lose it, about to blow up. And I feel like I'm a pretty good reader. I'm, I'm a pretty good reader of people, but how can I read you if I can't see you? How can your shop leaders read you if they can't see you? How can your spouse read you if they can't see you? How can I truly know how you're doing if we can't have a deep conversation, if we have to be socially distanced and shout how we're doing across a six-foot distance? It's become hard to truly even check on one another because we got to say hello and keep on moving. We can't congregate. We got to move. We got the mask. We got we to stay distance. We're hidden. We're isolated. We're distanced. Accountability and support systems are mostly virtual at best, even if they exist at all. And so many of us are hurting in so many different ways. And the pain sometimes gets played over and over in your mind, because where you got to go, the dorms, back home, can't go out, can't really hang out. So you begin to play that pain, that hurt, that discomfort over and over in your mind, and it's, it's not helping you. And you, you don't have to look past the mask on your face to have a reason to complain. You're hurting. This, this is aggravating. This is uncomfortable. I just want to complain. I want to shout. It takes almost no effort to start rehearsing those things in your mind, thinking about what's wrong in life. It didn't take any strain to think about what you don't have, how difficult life is for some of us. It doesn't take much strain to think about the things you no longer have and have lost, the people you have lost, the things you miss, the troubles that you find yourself being weighed down by, not just because of the pandemic, because remove the pandemic, take that away, and you still got problems. We still have things that we can find that hurt us, that give us pain. And the struggle and the pain is real. It's not something that we need to be ashamed of or push away or push behind. It's real. This is real stuff, real life stuff we're, we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, trying to keep our head above water. It just seems like it takes so much more effort, takes so much more out of us to focus on what's good because bad is right there in front of your face. And that's the truth for many people, possibly most people, but... Somebody say, but. But the more you practice counting your blessings, the easier it becomes. The more you practice, and you got to practice. It's not, you got to die daily. You got to wake up and try every moment. You can't give up. You can't get, get, cave in. You can't quit. You got to go with everything that you got. Count your blessings. When you begin to do that, the weight of the world begins to get a little bit lighter. Now, that doesn't mean that the problems go away. 
It doesn't mean that the problems go away, but simply that because your focus, your energy is on remembering how good God is, you know that you can withstand the trouble and it's going to be all right because you put yourself in remembrance of the boundless power of God's goodness and the God that you serve and who calls you friend. So even in our, our pain and even in the hardest of times, even what the, get your, whatever the pain is, whatever the problem is, what, even in that, even in isolation, even in boredom and, and loneliness and, and not feeling well and sickness, we can still find a reason to rejoice because God is for us. He is fighting for us. And even when life doesn't feel good, we know that he's warring on your behalf. Not just fighting, he's warring on your behalf. He's praying for you, seated at the right hand of the Father, praying, making intercession for you. Where we are weak, he is strong and mighty. Paul says, I glory in my weaknesses. Why? Because where I'm weak, he's strong. Well, if that's the case, let me be weak in everything. If I trade my weakness for God's strength, please. I glory in my weaknesses because God is strong for me. There's more to life. There is more. To, I wish I could look at everybody's eyes in here, but look at me. Everybody look at my eyes. There is more to life than your present pain. There's more to life. It doesn't stop here. There's more to life than your present pain, whatever it is. There's more to life. Why? Rom Romans 8 and 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Some of the shall be revealed in us is all far, seem like a far off in the future, all way down the road, but it's coming. So the sufferings of this present time, although the pain that you feel, the hurt that you may feel in the moment of the, the, the heated moment of that pain, God's glory to be revealed in you in the future can't even be compared. That goodness cannot be compared to what you might feel in your pain. Can't compare. God always has a plan to prosper you. God is always up to something on your behalf. God is always up to something on your behalf. God is always up to something on your behalf. Repeat that after me. God is always up to something on my behalf. One more time. God is always up to something on my behalf. Always. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It's okay to count your blessings. It's coming. As a matter of fact, it's here. It's been here 2,000 years. It's finished. It is finished. Count your blessings. I challenge you today, instead of rehearsing the pain, rehearse God's promises, God's benefits for you. You don't need to ignore whatever you're going through, but quite the contrary. Face it. And that's, that's, I do want to say that being a Christian does not mean ignoring reality. It means facing reality. Yes, this is a hard time. Yes, this sucks. Yes, this hurts. Yes, this is painful. And God is good. And God, God fights for me. And I'm a child of the king. And I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And it hurt. But he's good. And he's already taken over, overcome the troubles of the world, the trouble in your house, the trouble at your job, the trouble in your marriage, the trouble in your friendship, the trouble with your children. He's already overcome. We just waiting on the physical manifestation. And that waiting period, it's a meanwhile. In the meanwhile, it's a meanwhile. It don't feel like a nice while. It's a meanwhile. But it's coming. It's coming. So that's why I can rehearse the promises of God and count 
my blessings. Don't have to allow those painful moments in life to consume me, but we can be confident and consumed instead by the promise that God can and will and has already, truth be told, handled it. So we can bless the Lord and lift our hands and praise God beyond the present moment because that's not it. That is not the end of the story. God will and can handle whatever weight you have on you. He brought you through before. He will do it again. The times where you thought he wasn't going to bring you through, the times where you thought he didn't hear your prayer and didn't care about you, he showed up. When you almost gave up, he showed up. When you thought there was no way, he made a way. The Bible says he makes a way in the wilderness, in a spring, in the desert. He makes a way where there is no way. That's what he does. He's in the business of doing the impossible. It's who he is. Count your blessings. That's okay to count your blessings because you have the blessed assurance that Jesus is. You have the blessed assurances of all the promises in Scripture belong to you. They are yes and amen to you. So yes, count your blessings, even in the pain. Because a lot of us, I was talking with Aiden this morning, morning, Quails, yeah, my guy right there. He's like me. I don't know if many of you are like something, you're just analytical. You're thinking all the time. You think, think, think. That's all you do is think. You sometimes you're so much in your thoughts. The world is passing by. I didn't even know you passed by me. I was, I was in my thoughts. You kind of just do that. And that's a strength. That, that can be a strength if you use that energy properly. Imagine that same power that you use to stir your mind and be analytical. If you use that same power to stir your mind in the things of God, to meditate on scripture. Imagine if you did that. If you use that same energy, because if you're going to be analytical in thought, if you're going to think about all the things, think about all the good things. The Bible says in Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9 in the message, says, summing it all up, friends, Paul says, I'd say you'll do best by fulfilling your minds, by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, oh, I love this part, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Woo! Now that's a promise. If you want to count a blessing, you start with Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Count your blessings. And when you do that, the one who makes everything work together, the one who makes everything work together, the one who causes you to triumph, triumph will work you into his most excellent harmonies. But you gotta fill your mind. You gotta spin your wheels with working the scripture and really wash your brain. We gotta get brainwashed with the word, with the promises of God because it's the truth. God's word is true. If you have faith, then you have faith. If you don't, then you don't. But if you have faith, you got to wash your mind in the word. Because the world is going to try to wash your mind for you with other things. But you, you have to die daily and wash your mind in the word and count your blessings. Why? Because they belong to you. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Count your blessings instead of rehearsing the pain. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5 
David says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I love this because it's as if David is calling upon his soul. Hey soul, I will bless the Lord. I'm willing myself to bless the Lord because the, the scripture doesn't tell us, we, when you look at Psalm 103, it doesn't tell us what point in David's life he wrote this Psalm. But he's saying in whatever, whatever state I'm in, if you look at David's life, whatever state he was in, I'm gonna bless the Lord, God bless you. I'm going to will myself to bless the Lord. The spirit is always willing, even when the flesh is weak, even when the pain hurts real bad. The spirit is always willing. So I'm, I know my soul is willing because that's, hey, that's where the spirit of God lives. Hey, soul, I'm going to bless the Lord. A little bit of my soul. No. Oh, my soul. My entire being. I will bless you, oh Lord. And that just means I will honor you, oh God. And all that is within me. I empty out myself. Everything that I am, everything that I'm not, all my stuff, everything that I, I, I am, God, I give that back to you because you have been everything to me. So all that is within me, I will bless his holy name. His name, the name of the Lord, is holy. It's set apart. It's holy. It's a sanctuary. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, what do we do? We run to it and we are safe. It's a sanctuary. And you treat a sanctuary with reverence, with holiness. Even in this, in this building, when you come in here, always remember that this is a place where we choose to honor God. We've set apart this space to honor God. So if it's just a lounge to you, someplace where you kind of rest and chill, you can rest and chill, but remember where you are, it's holy. I pour myself out to God in the sanctuary. That's the place where I give him everything back. And then David repeats himself, I don't think it's by accident. I, he said, I said what I said in verse two. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, I said. Because sometimes you got to call yourself out. Like, okay, I've been wallowing in my self-pity. I've been talking, this rehearsing, this foolishness all day long. i got to call my soul to bless the Lord. I have to will myself to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And what? Forget not all his benefits. Because... If you are remembering the pain and you're kind of weighted down by the pain, somewhere along the way, you forgot the benefits. You forgot the benefits of being a child of the king. And I love when Jesus in the New Testament is with the disciples he, and he's breaking bread with them and he says, do this in remembrance of me. I need you to remember this sacrifice. I need you to remember this blood. I need you to remember that this brokenness means that you will be redeemed, set free, and made whole. Remember the benefits of salvation. Don't forget that. Forget not all his benefits. Verse 3, what else do I have as a benefit? Who forgives all your iniquities. Do you realize everything that you've ever done wrong when you repent, say, Lord, forgive me. I turn from it. You cast my sin. I know as far as the east is from the west. He is seeing you through the eyes, the lens of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, which means you are now standing in his righteousness, which means you are now a man, woman, boy, girl who has never sinned. Washed clean. Stop bringing up old stuff. He don't remember that. He's forgotten about it. And it's a benefit you have in him. Count your blessings. He forgives your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. And yes, 
we can take that to mean physically, absolutely, but David's also talking about the soul here. Disease of the soul, mental, emotional, spiritual, soul. There is healing for your soul as a benefit, as a joint heir. Healing for the past pain of your childhood as a benefit. Healing for the past pain of the one, everything, everyone, every situation that has hurt you, betrays you, is a benefit for you to be released and healed from that pain. Because physical pain is one thing, but when your soul hurts, whew, that's something else. He said, I got that. I'll heal all your diseases, all of your diseases. I'll heal them. So that's why you got to count your blessings. You better remember Four, who redeems your life from destruction. You know, I started thinking about this message, and I began to count my blessings, and just started thinking about things, and it's some, some blessings like I forgot about. I was like, wow, God, you, you are amazing. My son does, I tell stories about my kids all the time. My son doesn't know this, and my husband actually forgot about it as well. When he was not even one yet, because he was in a, in a carrier, he wasn't feeling well. He's normally a happy baby, loud, you know, and doing things and, and moving around, and he just was not himself. So we took him to the doctor, took him to the doctor that morning. I thought maybe they'd give us a prescription and, you know, send him on his way. But the doctor, who was amazing, I love him, Dr. Dowd, um, who was the pediatrician for all of our children back in Georgia, he said, something is wrong. And I said, oh, God, well, what's going on? Apparently, he could not, his neck was so stiff that he could not put his chin down, which was, was a sign a pretty much a telltale sign that meningitis was, was the deal here, which meningitis is a disease, something's going on with the brain, something's going on with the spinal cord. I've seen grown people, men die from meningitis within hours. So naturally I'm like, oh my God, no, please. So I'm praying, he sends me to Eggleston um, Children's Hospital, rush there, get him in there. And I'm like, they, they say he's, he's doing this and meningitis and then they, so they run their tests and say, yeah, something is going on. We're gonna give a spinal tap and all that. So they did their preliminary tests. And I'm just like, I'm praying the whole time. Jamal is praying the whole time. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, we're just pleading, God, please, just let, let him live, let him live. He's going to be okay, Lord, right? So I'm, we're praying. And by the time they get to run the second test to do the spinal tap, everything is gone. No symptoms of nothing. He's laughing. He's moving around back to normal. And I forgot about that. Y'all better count your blessings. How did I forget that? It's some stuff, I'm, I challenge you, if you go home today and start thinking about stuff, like, wow, God, you, you're, you're amazing. You, know, this, you will remember things that you have forgotten. There's another thing that my youngest daughter, Jasmine, when, so I, I have twins, um, the boy-girl twins right there, the, the older two, and then Jasmine. And when Jasmine came, I had no medication with all of them because I wanted to be like, I want to make sure I feel all the love and I don't want to be loopy, you know, with medication. So I had all the kids, you know, with no medication. And um, so I had a midwife and the midwife came in and the cord is wrapped around Jasmine. And if I pushed anymore, it was going to choke her. And so the midwife, okay, so mommies, raise your hand, please. All the mamas. Okay. So I'm laying there, right? Uh-huh. And midwife says, hey, stop pushing. Stop. So if you don't know, you can't just like stop pushing. That does, that's not the way that, that works. So th she was saying that because she was saying we got to do something because the cord is wrapped around her. And if you push again, it's going to choke her. So what, is, what happens? Jasmine like wiggles herself through the umbilical cord and she's fine. 
count your blessings. That could have went a whole different way. And I had forgotten about that. And I was thinking, like, God, you are so amazing. You redeem our lives from destruction, from the giddy up, from the beginning. He's looking out for you. The Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Chapman Brantley told us that he, he desires to sift you as wheat, he told us last week. But guess what? Christ came so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. So when the Lord steps in, when the Lord fights on your behalf, when the Lord steps in, something's got to change. Verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So we could think of that as he satisfies our mouth with, with good food, nourishing food to keep us strong. But the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So he satisfies our mouth with good things, with good words, with the gospel, with the good news, so that our youth is renewed as the eagle. So don't speak affirmation to the problem and the pain. Speak the good things, speak the gospel, so that your youth is renewed as the eagle. Change the ticker tape. Change the ticker, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Change what you're thinking so that what comes out of your mouth is a good thing so that your youth is renewed as the eagle. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, but he's given us the good to speak so that we can speak life. Count your blessings so that your youth is renewed as the eagle. So what do we, when I think about eagles, eagles are strong, they're majestic, they're mighty, they're powerful. When you see, if you ever saw an eagle take off, it's just glorious to watch. And we see a lot of scripture where we correlate eagles to our walk with God. You know, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength and mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not go weary. They shall walk and not faint. Eagles. Eagles are strong. So they use their talons to grip their prey. They use their, their beaks to to devour their prey and whatever it is that they've got their talons into, they're not going to let go of that grip. It's, you're not getting out of the grip of that talon. But one thing about an eagle, as strong as an eagle is, as mighty and majestic as an eagle is, they can't carry much weight. They can carry off about five or six pounds. They're not built to carry weight. You as an eagle are not built to carry the weight of this world. You're not built to carry the weight of sin. The Bible says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the blessing in being able to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ is that you don't have to carry the weight. You're an eagle. He wants you to soar Drop that weight and count your blessings. Every time you count a blessing, you feel, your posture changes, literally. If you're thinking about something and it's, it weighs you down, you kind of just, oh, man, this is wrong, that's wrong. But when you get to, you know what? God is good. Thank you, Lord. Your countenance changes. Your weight changes. Your weight distribution changes. Count your blessings, you are not meant to carry that weight. You need to soar. You were born to soar. You are built to soar. Keep praying and giving that pain 
and that weight and the troubles of this world to the only one who can fix it. And rejoice in knowing that he is God enough to handle it. This is not, this is not just a good idea, the, the, you know, praying and rejoicing and counting your blessings. It's not just a good I- idea, but it's God's will for your life. How do I know that? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. You got to count your blessings to give thanks. For this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God. That you give him the weight. That you pray without ceasing. You rejoice and have joy in knowing that God is on your side. And in everything, count your blessings. And as you count, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, I have breath in my body. Thank you, Lord, that I'm safe. Thank you, Lord, that I can see another day. Thank you, Lord, that I have employment. Thank you, Lord, that I have a loving family. Thank you, Lord, that I have a church to go to. Thank you, Lord, that I can go to church. Thank you, Lord, that I have physical breath in my body and strength in my body to sit myself up and I don't need any help. Thank you, Lord. Count your blessings. Drop the weight, count your blessings, and soar into whatever destiny, whatever path God has for you, but you're not built to carry the weight. Cast your care upon the Lord because he cares for you. You know, sometimes I say that scripture, cast your care upon the Lord. Sometimes we get tired of caring. I'm I'm so, I just, compassion fatigue. I ain't got no more. I'm tired of caring. I'm like, you know what? Certain things I I cannot care about because I'm casting my care. God, you care for me. I don't care. I don't care anymore. God, you care about that for me because I, I don't have any more. You don't have to because where you end, he begins. And where you begin, he already was there anyway. Cast your care upon him. And think about what the, I want you to leave here with a literal thing in your head to do, a practical thing in your head to do. What does it look like to drop that weight for you and give it to God? What does it look like to, for you to practically leave from out of here and leave that care, leave that pain, leave that suffering with God. Not that it doesn't still hurt, but how can I lay it down and get the weight off me so that I can bless the Lord and count my blessings? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's set apart. It's higher. You got to come up higher, but how you going to get there? Weight it down. You're not built to carry the weight. Lay it down. Leave it at the altar and let God do with it what he will. Let's pray. Father and eternal God, you are so good to us, your children. We will ourselves to count our blessings, to name them one by one. You are so good to us that if we had a thousand tongues, we would not be able to thank you enough for who you are. That even in our pain and in our tears and in our hurt and in our covering up, you are right there with us holding us, bringing it all together, teaching us the lessons we need to learn for the next level that you will bring us into. You've done it, you've loved us, you've comforted us, and you will continue to comfort us and bring us into your glory. God, we will ourselves to bless your name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me bless his holy name and we will not forget our benefits in you 
as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, but we will count our blessings, drop the weight, and come up higher. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let us stand and worship with our worship team. by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.